Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast about stunt-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington, but you can call me Kip, and I'm your expert. This week, we watched Mighty from Power Rangers and Die Ranger to compare how they introduce the White Ranger. It's morphin' time! Hello everyone, we are back again for our next part of our Power Rangers rewatch, and with me is David. Hey David, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now David, um, you work on a lot of projects in like podcasts and stuff, and I was just like, um, next week I'll be on your show, Hit Me One More Time as well. That's right, yeah, I just launched a, a new podcast, and I've been releasing the episodes, and yeah, we did an episode about stargate sg1 which you will be on and i'm excited to get that out there yeah because so far you've done um the green ranger like saga and power rangers and then you did batman and there's something else was it step by step or yeah uh, it was boy meets world so the, okay. uh, the idea behind the show i call it a nostalgia reflection podcast and the idea is that each week a guest comes on and, and they bring something that they really loved as a as, as a kid or when they were younger and then uh, me and my co-host and the guest, we, we watch it or read it or play the game, whatever it is. And we come together and then discuss it and see if it, uh, how it holds up today, if it still holds up today. Uh, and yeah, our first episode was about, uh, was about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But because of the way the show works, we like to watch like a few episodes. If it's going to be a TV show, we like to watch a few episodes. But there's so much Power Rangers that yeah. we decided, like, let's focus on one of the few times where there's actually like story and you know if you've never seen power rangers before you're going to get everything you kind of need to out of these five episodes yeah you did green with evil which is probably the most like famous arc that's like where the green nature like comes in like we also um did that recently like it's part of our like larger like look back at it and it's like very like weird to see like before and then during and after where they start to have stakes for the characters they start to like actually have like character traits like show up through like the adversity like they're facing it's like a very like interesting time for like a show that was meant to basically be like candy you know yeah well yeah and we you know we talked about i'm sure you talked about the history of the show on here we talked about the history of the show on there but it it was definitely like this flash in the pan they did not expect it to be this hit that it was and just kind of kept ordering more episodes as time went on uh, so I, yeah, it is interesting to see like the evolution over time of how it went from, yeah, like this is just a, a kid's show that will air 20 something episodes, maybe nobody will watch it and whatever. And then it's like, yeah. okay, this is a hit. So let's keep going. And I can see from like a creative perspective, like let's give it a little bit more meat as time goes on. Yeah. And before, um, we got to green with evil, like, um, like we looked at, um, like my and my like normal co-hosts, like, um, our like favorite monsters and like, um, they both came before Tommy and it was like very much like there's a food festival and now there's a monster eating everything or, Oh, there's an eye <laughs> that's like kidnapping like scientists. And it doesn't really have any stakes that matter. It's just like a set piece at the school to transition them to fighting in what is totally not Tokyo, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, Oh, so that reminds me of a great bit in, um, uh, uh, I dino thunder, which I, I, 
also watched because Tommy Oliver came back for that. And uh, that one point they're watching a monster attack the town and they're like, oh, he's attacking little Tokyo. And I'm like, okay, come on. Don't be so obvious. At some point, there's somebody who says like, and like one of the like um, more recent seasons, um, I haven't watched them for a while, but like I know that like one thing that kind of like went beyond just people watching them was there's like a scene where somebody says like, oh no, uh, the um, uh, the monsters attacking like the abandoned warehouse district. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Why do you have that in your city? Yeah. Just to say that there's like nobody there or whatever. But it's also like got a little bit of charm to it at the same time, because like you have to see the ways that they like worked to uh, to work around what they had. And that's that's that can be really fun at the same time. It can also be awkward and kind of dumb. It's it's charming as an adult, I think. Yeah, I think like looking back, you're like, oh, you could totally see where they used footage very, very um, not smartly, I guess, but like as like cheaply as they could, like where there's stuff like. Uh, there's multiple like fight scenes in like the second season where they filmed them with the old Zords and they switched to the new ones to have like new toys. So they just like never actually have any contact between like the monster and the Zord <laughs> up close. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's restrictions uh, and it's it's yeah funny, too, because in Green with Evil, there's a scene where Rita is like on a flying bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is completely out of nowhere. And I don't ever remember that happening when I was a kid. Like I, as far as I remember, that's the only time that ever happened, but it's like when you were a little kid, it's like, yeah, okay. She's on a flying bicycle, whatever. That's very like space ghosts. Like just like randomly like animating something going on or just like, not really like, like not like connected, but, um, yeah. And you never call attention to it or anything like that. Just let it be. And like, um, it's been so weird to, um, be watching power Rangers and stargate. Um, I have watched um, more Stargate since we've um, recorded as well. And it's just like a very, uh, that show I did not realize would be even more like more comfort food than like Power Rangers. Just like, like there's something about like, just like a very like easy sci-fi with characters like that. I like that's just like very simple. That is just like absolute, like it's perfect, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I I haven't watched any more of it uh, myself just because I've had to watch other stuff for other shows and, it, but it is it is a show that like I, I could definitely see it being that way, like especially if you have a if you know and love these characters, like getting back into that world and going on these adventures with them would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And like, um, is there anything that like um you haven't looked at yet on your show? But like, is like that kind of thing, like it just feels like a massage, like to watch it or something. Oh, boy, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's anything off the top of my head because I, I guess i would have maybe said a little bit that power rangers was that um but i i'm trying to think because yeah power rangers is when i was like so young and i, I feel like stargate I, I don't know when exactly when you would have watched stargate but stargate seemed like kind of something that maybe i would have been into a little bit more and like starting to get into my teens a little bit and i think that has a different kind of comforting effect but i can't really think of it's there's probably more a movie um oh you know what it is it's it's definitely it's uh it's probably like the the movie Wayne's World or Uncle Buck because okay. those movies I watched with my siblings so so much and yeah. we still quote them like all the time and you know I know people who don't like those movies and that's fine like whatever opinions are opinions but for me just watching them yeah it has this effect on me that kind of nothing else does it's hard to show those movies to someone though cuz like there's lots of those that, like my girlfriend hasn't seen where I'm just like how do I introduce you to like rocky four like uncle buck right. like what do you do 
yeah it's hard to really explain what they meant at the time yeah it's like well okay look i know this movie has its issues and it's not very good but i want you to see it because i have a love for it yeah that's a hard thing to pass on to another person i do think that like you can kind of chart what those movies are like based on like someone's age like for me like it was like matilda and like my sister like i feel like a lot of people that were like younger than us um probably school of rock was like a movie like that like that like that seems like a movie oh, that was yeah. like that for a lot of people probably yeah i like the like idea of like going back and looking at something because like it's like a i like probably wouldn't have realized how much like i just wanted to watch like something like stargate like for watching it and yeah it's like hard to also know um how can you really like if you should go back to it um and that question seems like a very like tough part of like your show to me honestly yeah it and totally it is. And there's times where opinions have differed. Um, and there's times where like some stuff will catch you by surprise. Like, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say it totally caught me by surprise, but we, we did super Mario world for uh, an episode that's coming up. And I thought like, yeah, okay. Super Mario world. It's going to be like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a Mario game, whatever. But I had such a blast playing that game and actually ended up kept, I kept playing it, uh, for a bit after we recorded the episode um, I guess sort of in the same way where it was like, I didn't, I, well, I, I just think I didn't realize like as a kid playing it, I probably died a million times. And now as an adult, it's like, okay, I see the challenge of it. And I feel like a little bit more clever. And, uh, and then also we're watching uh greatest American hero for an upcoming episode. Okay. And that's a, sh- that's a show that has not aged well at all. And is very apparent right on its face. So sometimes it's really obvious. And sometimes you don't know until you get into it. I remember, um, playing legend of zelda Link's awakening on the game boy um forever and just like never stopping playing it basically and just like playing it for like months and months and then like um my way older brother's like friend was like oh like you're playing that like all the time like how far are you and then like we checked and i and like i said like oh well probably level six or seven and then they checked and they're like, you're like haven't even gone to the first level you've just been like in like the starting like forest this whole time <laughs> nice and that's like uh just like um a very big part of like being a kid is just like that like that repetition and that time that like you spend with things that like you can't really as an adult in the same way because like you just like do have that more like critical mind on yeah oh yeah and i i've been having i have a a few friends that you know talk about now like well video games were so much better back in the day and like no you were younger and you just had infinite time to to give to them you know, you and all your friends would talk about how cool this thing was. And now it's like when you, you know, you're playing video games, maybe like one hour yeah. a day at most, like, or, you know, a couple hours a week. And it's a totally different experience. And games today are, are great, better than most of the games that came out back then. There's a few that like really hold up really great. But I, yeah, I think, and that's part of the part of this show as well is, is digging into nostalgia and, you know, trying to recognize when our love for something is just like, I was young when I experienced this thing and it was new and yeah. exciting versus like, it's actually good and holds up over time. Like you ha- we have to be okay to admit when stuff is not good or really goofy or else it, you know, we, it becomes so special and personal to us that like any, anytime anybody's like, Oh, power Rangers, that's kind of dumb. You're going to be like, no, because then you're insulting me over this show that I had nothing to do with. It's like we got to be able to admit Power Rangers is cheesy. And like um like it's just like as a kid we can't see the parts of the cartoon that are animated like they're about to move but as an adult we can. It's just like that's yes. just like a way it is. 
Yeah, exactly. The 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 different colored panel. Yeah, exactly. And like um like all the cool shit that you might be able to do in like Last of Us 2 um doesn't compare to the first time that you jumped on Yoshi and you're like, "Wait, this is the thing I can do? This right. is possible? I can ride around on a dinosaur? That's so cool." Yeah. And like um this show like we deal with like a lot of like um like content that's like uh if not for kids, like it is still like in like certain ways like goofy like not all toku is like for kids but like even then like it is like it is like you see like stunt work and wire work and like suit work and stuff and like that's not mma you know but like uh and like i think like it's like a like important thing that like people do take that step back and just be like okay maybe i can enjoy something without it being like grim or real (laughs) you know right yeah 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 it's you 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 can enjoy stuff for what it is you know and that's even even walking away from that first episode of Hit Me One More Time and being like, you know, Power Rangers isn't something that me as a 30-year-old adult is probably going to sit down and watch because there's a hundred-something episodes and I just don't have the time for that right now. But it's like, I still enjoyed it. Like, I still had a great time. Like, when the, when, when the monsters and robots were fighting, I was like, yeah, this rules. <laughs> this is so cool. Even though I, I recognize that it's guys in awkward costumes swiping at each other. Yeah, and like it's just um there is something that like is lost with people like are just so adamant that like what they like is like cool and for adults. It's like, well, no, you're enjoying like a cool, like fun spectacle that might like have like good story or like character work, but it's also like it's not like you're watching like <laughs> some really deep like character study at the same time, you know? Yeah, sometimes you just want to be entertained. Yeah, and like um from the start, like we said, hey, like a lot of these shows are for kids, but also Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And and a lot of these shows too, um, kind of I think from the way you kind of explained it to me before, is like a lot of them are, are also family oriented, like uh where yeah, like kids are gonna watch them, but also parents might get roped in, especially or I think more with the common writer than maybe with the the Super Sentai stuff. I don't yeah. I don't know a ton about all of that, but that just seemed to be my understanding. Yeah, like Super Sentai tends to be like a little like kid oriented and like come is like a little more like all ages like your typical like shonen anime level which like isn't like that wildly different but like you'll see it someplace and like oh uh, we just watched like a like show too that was like uh explicitly for like adults like had like a lot of like violence and and like nudity too and like garo which is like that but also like i kind of like when there's like the goofy shit personally <laughs> yeah no there was uh there was um it was like power slash rangers that came out probably like five years ago at this point. And I hated it. I hated it because I was watching. I'm like, this is not power rangers. Like just cause you made it violent, just cause you made them cursing and like put sexuality into it. Doesn't make it good and interesting. People were like, yeah, this is, you know, so cool. Power rangers for adults. I'm like, no, this isn't power rangers. And I, and I, I just really appreciated that, uh, the, that, uh, uh jason that david, david frank, frank yeah yeah was like no that's not power rangers i'm like yes i feel vindicated thank you to like a smaller extent like i felt that same thing with the like uh like recent movie because i liked a lot of the teen stuff but they just like felt the need to make everything look like this weird like i'm not even sure what kind of art style is like grim dark like washed out kind of like costume design and monster design and like zord design it's just like maybe it makes things a little more colorful and less detailed and like more fun to watch, you know? Yeah. It's Power Rangers. No, exactly. Design it with the toy in mind. I think that was the biggest, uh, biggest issue with the, 
the movie that came out a few years ago, which I enjoyed a chunk of it, but like one of the biggest issues is the design of everything. And it's like, now you were trying to design <laughs> a, a semi-serious sci-fi thing. It's like design the toy that the kids are going to buy and then make your thing based on that. You have like failed a fundamental like test, which is kind of like what happened with Sonic Hedgehog. Like, but you failed the test when your when a key part of your movie is that there are a bunch of dinosaurs that transform into a combined robot to fight evil, and it doesn't make sense how they would combine. Like the whole yeah. point is that they combine, and like it's like a cool like oh wow they're like a knight now, you know. Yeah, no, it yeah, it doesn't, it, and, I, and you can barely tell that they're like the dinosaurs. Like some of them, you know, are a little more obvious than others, but it's yeah, it's just all too over designed. It's like no, it's okay for it to be simple. Yeah, and um, for me, like I just um, I very simply want to look at um, uh, well, like what we watched, which is um, White Light for my for Power Rangers, and then episode seventeen and eighteen of Die Ranger. All right, let's do it. back so the first things first we are looking at uh white light episode 17 and 18 of the second season of mighty war for power rangers uh which is where the white ranger first comes in uh now like for you david um what are your like initial thoughts of this uh well so watching this after having so shortly watched green with evil um i couldn't help but feel weirdly how underdeveloped it was and i think i noticed yeah. the last the last episode where tommy is actually introduced is like 18 minutes long. Like it is mm -hmm. very short after the recap and it was like credits taken out and stuff. Like it's 18 minutes long. It's very short. Um, but I can tell you like my memory of it was like, this was the biggest deal in the world when Tommy came back as the white Ranger. And now looking at episode count, I realized he was only gone for like three episodes. Like he's a, he hasn't <laughs> been white Ranger for only a couple of episodes, but back when I was a kid, it was like, ah, oh, Tommy's gone. And then like Tommy's back and it's, it was super cool and exciting and like watching it now it was still like it was fun to see but was not as uh i guess epic as it was when i was a kid no yeah because like um they spent five episodes on the green ranger and then like they spent like the next like 60 episodes just like all about like what's going to happen to his powers that kind of stuff so he's gone for three episodes two of those three episodes mm -hmm. are explicitly about him like they're just like Here's one episode where Jason is like really like sad about Tommy being gone. Here's one episode like where Kimberly's like really sad about it. And then like here's one episode where Zach's cousin needs a trumpet. Right. Uh and um they must have loved like this show must have been loved. It was like, okay, how about we just make it three minutes shorter, get more ads, do less work, and just have like 19 minute episodes instead of like your normal 23 or whatever. Yeah. And there there was like this whole mythology around the green ranger coming in uh and in this one is just straight up uh you guys needed a new ranger so we built one which is yeah. fine like i'm not you know i'm not going to like complain too much about it but with just kind of with how much mythology the show had like in the beginning of like building up of like here's who you are and that's why that's important as power rangers to now just be like we built a new one 
feels a little like, well, okay, like, sure, why not? Why aren't you just constantly building yourself an army? They made it have some stakes where, like, it was, like, a difficult or, like, dangerous thing to do. Because I guess, like, there's one random line where, like, Zed says, me and Zordon are in a constant struggle to maintain the mounts of the Morphing. They're like, this has never been brought up before or since. Yes, that was so that was so interesting to me. I was like, wait, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. I want to know. I want to know more about that. That's one. Uh, man, Lord Zed, classic. I did love getting to see him again. That that is one of the best designs of like for a villain for a kids show probably ever. It's still creepy. He's entirely new. Like they had they had a chance to do anything, and they did him, which like I both like salute and I'm like a little perplexed by. <laughs> I want to know who approved it. I don't know. And like, I guess like they got lots of like mail from parents being like, hey, like he's too scary. My kids are scared. And like the kids are probably super like scared in like a fun way to like, what this witch is now like the skinless dudes here instead. Yeah. And and, you know, it's fun to be a little bit scared when you're a kid. I think also what was kind of cool about him, too, is like Rita was super silly. Yeah, uh, even even the stuff with her in this, because this isn't just the return of Tommy, it's also the return of, of Rita a little bit. But Rita is super goofy, and they wrote her as like always, you know, like having headaches and being like a little bit bumbling. Uh, and then Zed comes in, and he is just like, he's creepy, and uh, he seems really powerful, and it's like a, a total change. And I remember it being really cool. And even now, like again, having watched some episodes with Rita and then watching Zed. I'm like, yeah, Zed is a way better villain. And like later they like um bring back Rita but with new footage where they're like, oh, she took a potion to make her younger beautiful and like seduce Zed or something. And like that's how they get away with having like a new actress and all of a sudden her dialogue matches her speaking. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well and then uh so I haven't I didn't watch this far. I don't know if what knowledge you have, but I know that in uh Super Sentai, the the evil witch from uh geo ranger comes back later and i know they do that also in power rangers but do you know if they use like the footage from the the new series or do they get that the new actress for rita to come back well uh, play the white witch or the good witch or whatever so there's a different actress that plays her in the movie than the one in the show and the one in the show i think stays around till in space like in the various cameos and other stuff yeah um so the actress in japan i don't have her name at hand that plays witch bandora um is also in some shows before before g ranger and is then in magic ranger as like the magical mother like the like good witch of like she's basically like a like saint in heaven like they like right. go to heaven uh i'm pretty sure they just like use the footage for her again and just like bring back the actress and like supposed to be rita i don't think the character in super sentai is supposed to be rita though oh okay i, th- I thought it was for some reason in in space when zordon sacrifices like himself to purify all the evil in the universe which is cool because right. there hasn't been 20 more seasons of power years since right she gets turned good and like that's a cool way they made the lore happen i guess since like the lore and power Rangers is like at least for, for these first couple episodes yeah like more connected or like yeah i i think there was a big thing that was for me was the falling off of uh from power rangers is kind of that through line of zordon and the through line of the mythology kind of fell off. And I know that as time's gone on, they've, you know, tied in everything. You know, Tommy's shown up a dozen times. And there's times where you have 
full seasons where they can access the powers of the past Rangers and stuff like that. And it's kind of all built on it. But uh, Lost Galaxy was like the first time they were like, this is pretty much just standalone all on its own. And and I guess I was just at the right age when that started to happen, when all this stuff that was yeah. built up since Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I was just like, well, okay, that's it for me. See ya. And Lost Galaxy even was like kind of like a um, half measure though, because like they still had like, they still had bulk, if not skull, and they still had the ship and the sister who was evil in in space. Oh man, I don't even remember all of that. <laughs> but I do, I do remember Bulk and Skull being there with like their weird scientist friend. They had on their spaceship the actress who played uh, Andromeda, I think was her name, and like in like in space she was like a cyborg and the Red Rangers like sister, but the Silver Rangers like love interest, and she was turned evil. They saved her at the end. She was in Lost Galaxy, and halfway through, the Pink Ranger they had like had to leave the show because she had leukemia. So then she oh, became geez. Pink Ranger and stuff. And yeah, uh, there's like some connection, I guess. But like, it was like there's no longer Zordon. Like they're not on Earth. Yeah, yeah. And like Zordon wasn't a big part of all of it, but he was still, you know, there was still like the through lines. Like Rangers would pass on from team to team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was pretty shortly after this in in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that you would start seeing the first people leave, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the 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 first three left. We've just done this show like a little out of order in a way that made sense because um we did like um the first part of the arc for like um the Jason Zach and Trini leave to go to a Swiss peace conference. Yes, it's like a teen peace conference, I guess, or something, and they yeah. leave, and then um. But how it's introduced is so buck wild because like um, these two episodes are actually the last episodes to feature them with new footage, but it still takes them like seven episodes to get to like actually changing the powers over. So there's like a bunch of episodes where like, oh, no, the red, yellow and black ranger are mannequins. and We have to like fight or like they have like their stunt actresses like from the back, but not actually like new footage. And like there's like and there's like bad not them voiceovers and stuff. It's like really wild, honestly. <laughs> the the biggest betrayal to me as a as a kid was the fact that uh Tommy started dating Catherine, the new Pink Ranger. <laughs> and it's like, no, but you and Kimberly, for some reason I was very attached to their relationship when they were uh when I was younger. And I also thought it was really funny in this when Tommy first gets introduced uh, and he takes off the helmet, Kimberly faints. Yeah, and no one does anything about it until Tommy goes to talk to her. It's like that's kind of uh, kind of dangerous to just leave someone passed out like that. Well, they needed to set up the scene of him like looking over her and like being like, "Hey, right." And I didn't know this, but I guess like when she leaves, um, it's also for wanting more money because like they thought the show was gonna be like a twenty episode like Flash of the Pan, and then they started making like millions of dollars, like, and they wanted like make it maybe union or like make more money and like yeah they should have uh but um yeah i don't i don't blame them because they also had to do a lot of stunt work like right in those in those fights with the putties like you can tell that is you know a lot of the time it's still them yeah a lot of time like what they're doing is just like taking one camera shot while they do like four backflips yeah and it's yeah it's it's ridiculous and a little bit stagnant and cheesy but it's still these actors you know doing these kicks and doing these flips and it's like yeah that's that has that carries a certain level of danger to it i don't blame them wanting to make a little bit more money yeah and um i didn't know this but i guess um that tommy and Catherine don't start actually dating until like 
most of the way through like Zio, where he gets like a Dear John letter from like Kimberly being like, I met somebody at the Florida International Gymnastics place I went to because they all have to be at international. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> like there's nobody who like is like, oh, I like <laughs> got a concussion or oh, like I had to move and help right. like my sick on or something. It's just like right, I yeah, went my, to like, a global summit. <laughs> right. My parents decided we're moving. And that's so I have to leave. It was just, yeah, I was like, yeah, I have to go do other important things for the world, which sure, whatever, but not super, I guess, I'm, I'm, I'm about to say not super realistic in Power Rangers. Like, I, that's why would I even yeah. say that? That's ridiculous. You can teleport. We could say it's kind of dumb that like they move and they can't <laughs> still save the world. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. These episodes, um, they, they do just do a lot. I did not remember a ton about this, but um, I it, it's basically like Kimberly gets like a letter that Tommy's coming back because he's been on vacation or like school break or something. Sabbatical, yeah. And Zed wants to kill Tommy, but then he wants to turn him into the Green Ranger again and be evil again, which is like their big like swerve. And I remember this being just like such a longer mystery and there being so many like red herrings and stuff. And it like you literally don't there's one week that the kids were wondering who the white ranger was basically. And that's it. Yeah. I think the advertising campaign around it was really, uh, thorough because it did feel like such a big deal when we were kids of like, Oh, who is the white ranger? And then you find out right away. It's Tommy. It's like, not even like, not even like who could it, it, they don't even introduce, I guess they introduce like one other guy kind of for half a second, but there's like, yeah. There's no one else that it really could be. Two characters that in the past few episodes, like talking about like the introduction of the new Rangers and like Zed and like um it's been wild to see, but they have like two continuous like side characters. That's like Richie who works at like the juice bar and Curtis who's like Zach's cousin who plays like that jazz and um Oh yeah. Yeah. And they like are both shown to be like friends with the rangers and like good at martial arts and stuff like there's that scene like at the end where like richie shows up and is like hey i ju- i just won a martial arts competition <laughs> yes that was and then they're like all right now show us your moves and he turns around and kicks a cake that was all there like partially because they were like being built up to like add more depth to the rangers that were there but partially to like throw kids off and be like oh here's this kid like richie that like can do martial arts maybe he's the white ranger which is cool, but yeah, which again, probably as a kid, it may have worked on us better, but now like as an adult looking at it, it's like, no, it's definitely not that guy. He had, he had half a line. There's so in VR troopers, that show was originally called Cybertron and was mm. going to star Jason David Frank as um, Ryan Steele, the main dude. Um, oh, and then the main dude of that show, I forget his name. Like he's like a country music singer now, I guess, but um, he like um, was going to, come in as the white ranger and later on he does voice the gold ranger before it's like jason and um <laughs> they just basically swap places because they were like tommy's too popular <laughs> you be in this thing which that's kind of cool that's not how i thought it worked but hey i mean it makes sense to me i don't know these episodes are like very weird and very like rushed for what they have to do like they're playing football and there's one scene where like curtis catches the football by like dancing and then like it's supposed to sound like Jason's impressed, but all he says is like creative catch, which feels like such a backhanded compliment to me. 
<laughs> that is. And Jason uh, also now has an earring, which w- yeah. was for some reason very surprising to me. Uh, yeah. Then That'd then cool kids. Uh, yeah. And then like some putties show up and they do that thing where it's like, hey, everybody else leave, but we're going to stay here for some reason. Uh, and then that super cool song plays while they fight some putties. Oh, I have been I've been documenting like there's been songs like cross my line, walk on roses, cross my line and like <laughs> or like ride the machine. And it's just like this one dude, Ron Wasserman. And um, for like a future episode, like I'm looking at the soundtrack to the movie. And there's like this guy named like Ash Waterman. And then you like listen to his like song. And it's very clearly the dude who does the does the Power Rangers theme song, but trying to like have like a pseudonym on the soundtrack where he sounds the same as he does doing the theme song. <laughs> so it's very weird. Like they just huh. had this guy on call, but at some point he wanted to branch out and right. still do music for Power Rangers. <laughs> I, I don't I, know. I don't know. Hopefully with the movie, they maybe like were able to give him a bit more money. And he was like, all right, I will. I'll do it. But you have to use this name. That is not my name. And yeah, like it's just uh, like very weird to see because I guess like a lot of this music gets used in VR Troopers as well just because the studio owned it. Right. Might as well. No no one's really going to notice. Yeah. But um, Zed makes a statue start to turn into a weird slimy goop mess, um, which was like half creepy. And like I was like first I wasn't like, is this like a like civil rights statue and then they like say it's like a resistance statue or something and then it's just like covered in slime and like the bad halloween mask uh tommy is swimming and he gets out of the water and at first I was like, is he naked is tommy naked it's going in a very bold direction uh power rangers after dark because like he's wearing like a flesh colored like swim trunks yeah and yeah and then he gets like teleported away but we meant to think it's zed yeah, kind of, I guess. Yeah, I, again, that's, that's, that's another thing that's like very ambiguous because it's like, why are you waiting until right then to take him? And it's like, if, you know, we find out who it really is supposed to be later. But yeah, that, that whole like Tommy or Zed wants Tommy to turn him back into the Green Ranger thing was totally like not built up at all. It was just, they, they threw that in there. Like you said, it kind of try to have a red herring of like, this will throw kids off. There's a whole arc about Rita's dumpster being back, like it lands on Earth and Book with Skull find it. Which doesn't really amount to much, but like it did, I guess, add to the stakes of what was going on and make it seem like, oh shit, like there's so much going on right now. How the Power Rangers like win I, this time? Yeah, I did love at the end of all of that when they go to Bulk and Skulls, uh, where, where they are, the workshop where they're at, and uh, Zach picks up Rita, and it very obviously is this like toy with one arm <laughs> that's that's moving. Uh, for some reason, that tickled me a lot. Yeah, it's very good. And like, it doesn't accomplish much, but it's just like cool to have, I guess. Like, what really took me back was the scenes of them staring at the computer concerned about what was going on with like (laughs) the command center. Like, I remember that vividly. Like, oh, this is like real shit. They're like looking at a computer and they look actually concerned because they can't find like Zordon or Alpha. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that the the stakes did seem very high. Uh, well, and also Alpha and Zordon were like, we're going to go on this trip. Like they didn't, I, I thought it weird, weird. They never told the Power Rangers yeah, they were going anywhere. Yeah, they were gaslighting them for a surprise. Yeah. And right. It's like, well, surely there'll be no monster attacks while we're gone. And they like, then they just peace out. But then they go under the, the. Yeah. 
command center. Yeah, we skip a scene where they have a fight with the monster that gets made and it beats them and like damages like their zords. But um, Alpha and Zordon just like go into this like door of light and then Billy goes there later. And like the whole scene of like Billy going in and seeing them and being like surprised to see they're working on like a new ranger. That was super in my head, though, is like a that was like really stuck in my memory, like him going through that like mist and like looking down that vent. Yes, that was also yeah, same same for me. Like I remember that also very clearly. Um I, I yeah, we did skip over the the monster for a minute. I wanted to I just want to talk about that for a sec because I didn't realize until uh watching the the Diaranger stuff that that is like a super recurring villain that only appears in two episodes of this entire series. We'll talk about it more there, but uh it was wild cuz like they couldn't use a lot of footage of that monster, though, because, like, it's, like, from the Keeper Ranger being, like, a perverted kid. Right. There's lots of stuff like that where, like, there would be, like, random villains that, like, show up at Power Rangers, like, oh, no, we they destroyed, like, a Zord, and it'd be like, ha, 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 I'm a random villain. Whereas in, like, the Sentai footage, they're like, I'm the main villain's dad who showed up to, like, fight you in, like, the penultimate episode, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes, I... Yeah, and like there, I remember uh, there was also Rita uh, had like there's like that floating head guy that I, yeah. I can't remember his name now that ended up being like in in uh, G Ranger is like the ultimate bad guy. His name's Die Satan. Yes, which is awesome. Which basically translates to Grand Satan. Which good, I love that. <laughs> That's that is very good. Yes. Uh, but no. Um, in this next episode, um. I couldn't help but notice that they got so damn lucky that the next season after Duranger, um, the main suits didn't look like they matched with the like suits they had, but their sixth ranger did. That is mm-hmm. so damn lucky because he does not look that out of place at all. Like he looks different, but like also he he like still matches like their general motif in a way that like the main diarators didn't. Yeah, no, he he does. Like he feels sort of like an evolution. Like you could see, like, okay, if we're gonna build a new ranger you know, it, it makes it, it, for some reason, this feels like a a natural fit. Like, you know, he had that shield thing covering up his chest, which Mm -hmm. distracted from the fact that he didn't have the the diamonds that were on there in like the helmet. Cause he's supposed to be a tiger. Yeah. Fits, fits like the motif. Like, oh yeah, it looks like a tiger in the same way that these other ones look like dinosaurs. And the crest on his shield looks like, looks, she has like his power coin too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. They really did get lucky with that. I didn't, didn't even realize. Uh, and yeah, um, they do the whole big reveal. And why are Zordon and Alpha just gaslighting the Power Rangers? Like, I don't get why they don't just tell them we're going offline to do some cool shit. Like, instead, they just like say, "Okay, we're gonna not tell anyone we're going offline, and they can't reach us, and that Zed's about to make a big power play because we're away." Yeah, I don't understand why they're not like, "Hey, we're going to bring Tommy back." Like, and I, I understand the reveal from the exciting kids perspective but within the context of logic it's like no just tell them like hey things are getting rough we're working on something we're going to bring tommy back and like we have to go away for you know for half a day to do that and literally all they wanted to do was like have the big surprise when like the white ranger comes down from the ceiling backlit by blinding light where they can't even see and mm-hmm. like and then slowly I, takes off his helmet. Just I, I absolutely love, and I understand from a, a practical 
costuming perspective that uh, they have, you know, the, the helmets kind of fit on like clamshell on the head and then are like locked in with clips. Totally get that. Makes sense to me. But for some reason, it's a little bit funny in my head of this like superhero team that like things are fitted on with clasps and like zippers, which you can, you know, spot in a couple times. And it's like that that doesn't feel very superhero y to me for some reason. Uh, no, they're um, uh, they're more phenomenal astro outlets. Oh, but yeah, like, it's just like uh, the practical effect of like having these actually like not be animated or or like CG. And like I um love that they do make suits for all the Rangers to be out of suit and like to have like their helmets off. That was always like really cool to me growing up. Yeah, it was like it was it was cool to see them without like ha- holding the helmets by their side though. For some reason, whenever they had the helmets off, the like the neck was a yeah. lot thicker. You notice that in a lot of the footage they film as well. That's like filmed like just for Power Rangers. That like their neck scarf area just like looks a lot like a lot bulkier, which is weird. Yeah, I was super fascinated when I found out about uh, like GU two, where they went yes. back and they they made all this extra footage because Power Rangers kept going, but obviously. Uh, uh, Geo Ranger ended, but so they had to like pay money to to make new footage and like the way that they kind of changed things up uh, with how some of the characters like interacted and and uh, they also had to make it more obvious that the Yellow Ranger was a was a girl because she's it's totally not a girl in Geo Ranger. Uh, they made a uh, Billy seem smarter because I guess he was the goofy one like Zach and like. Zach was the smart one in like Zoo Ranger, and they made it so the pink and the green ranger were like in a relationship too. So there's lots of stuff like that where it's just like, oh, you just changed a whole bunch of stuff to like make this work in your footage. Yeah. Check in the general. They actually mocked up redesigns for the um Zords from the first season to fit with the White Rangers. Uh this is rad. Right. This is <laughs> super cool, and I'm a little bit upset that this did not happen. <laughs> And like I wish they had just like changed but kept the same design and like done their own thing because like a lot of these look like weird Gundams that we never saw like yes. rather than swords. Yeah, I'm not sure how how good it would have looked in the practical sense. Yeah, uh, but this is I mean this is pretty cool. I know they did like a, a Power Rangers Legacy thing a few years back where they released a bunch of the Mega Zords again. Um, and if they had like released this, like if they had just even if they had made toys of this, I would have bought them up probably as an adult. I'm going to be perfectly honest. At some point, they probably are because like they've made so much money off the um, like black and gold versions they made for like Comic Con or whatever. Like they'll make concept art if like enough people ask for it. Well, all right, I'm going to start writing my local congressman. I don't know who I would have to contact to get that done, but I want it. Damn it! I love how they introduce like the white ranger like powers like um like there's like one line where like it's very clearly adr um a different line of jason saying awesome after zordon says and the white ranger is the new leader that wasn't in the initial draft they had to like redo that last minute when like the three actors wanted like a better contract oh oh so that's okay because that's why that's why they were like tommy's the leader now because jason was getting ready to peace out that makes sense um and rocky was never really like that important of those three that come in, I think Adam's probably the best. Like, just like there's Absolutely. something that Johnny that Johnny Young Boss just has. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I agree. He was probably my favorite of the uh, replacement Rangers. And I found out he has also had like a super extensive mm-hmm. voice acting career. Um, I play a lot of like Atlas video games, okay. uh, which is like the Persona series. And he uh, and I, I'm playing another one right now, Catherine. And he is like all over those games. He totally deserves it. Like he's like one of the ones who like came back, I think, like 10 years ago when they did like a 15 year special or something. So he's like been in the show like a fair bit yeah no it's it's cool because you know a lot of these actors never went on to having big careers right like we're not we're not seeing them now uh in like different tv shows and in movies and stuff like that so it's always really fascinating to see at least for me to see like kind of where they ended up because some of them like aren't acting again at all but they still will go to like the the power ranger convention and stuff and some, you know, have found their niche like doing voice work or doing other roles. And uh, it's I like seeing it when they uh, when they succeed. I think Amy Jo Johnson has had an all right acting career. And I know yeah. that um, that Jason David Frank makes a ton of money off of merchant scenes. But also, I knew he did MMA. I didn't know he was undefeated. Like, yeah, he had like five matches, which is like a lot to go undefeated. Like usually in your first couple, like you're like bound to lose. So for him for stepping out of it on top or whatever yeah and he's also the one that like i love it like anytime they're like hey uh we're making this advertisement for this power rangers thing we want to make a live action video he's like cool i'll be there sounds good because like they even when they did like the the comic comic, book yeah yeah he showed up again and that which was which was cool there was some i think it, it was the whatever that the game that started as a mobile fighting game um but is now like a shattered was it shattered good or something? There's some like there was some game that started yeah. as an app fighting game, and he showed up in that uh, along with uh, a couple other people. And I just I just love it when they you know they recognize like well one I can still make money off of this, but they they can do it enough where like they're willing to show up in episodes. Yeah, it's like cool like that they like have that legacy and stuff. And like I know that like a lot of people didn't have the best experience. Like I know that um the Blue Ranger like. David Yoss like got like relentlessly like harassed on yes. set for like being gay, and um, that absolutely that sucks. Um, yeah, like sucks. Um, in VR Troopers, uh, the female trooper. I don't really watch the show much, but like I know that um she had like a lot of harassment and like was like had like a son with one of the like um like producers that was like thirty to forty years older than her and then like oh, that producer burned down her house to try and collect like insurance on it. And um, like that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, it's wild. That is crazy. Yeah. Um on the most recent episode of Take Me Back to My Virtual Reality, which is a um another Toku show um that is just about VR troopers, they talk about that. And it's just like a wild series of oh, this is why this one person is never at the conventions where they'd be wanted. Yeah, I I don't blame them, to be perfectly honest, if I had experiences like that. Yeah, but um, one thing they do do well here is the White Ranger seems cool as hell. His new Zord, his new sword, his like different oh. combinations. They show off everything so that you can go out that day, get the new Morpher, get the new like action figures. There's so much cool stuff they show off just in one episode. Yeah, I meant to mention this earlier when we were kind of talking about some of the lore stuff, and it's like, yeah, we built this new ranger. Oh, and he has a he has an enchanted uh, uh, saber. Just yeah. like what? That's just like kind of out of nowhere, but also it's really cool. Uh, and that also like set up one thing that I didn't learn until years and years later, which is that a lot of the times 
uh, on the Super Sentai team, not a lot of the times, at least on a couple of the ones I've seen, like there, there's usually something mystical that talks to them. And this was like the first time that, as far as I know, it's it's ever happened in, in Power Rangers. Um, but I know like in the, the counterpart series for Dino Thunder, like their morphers would talk to them. Yeah. And um, like, there's just like great part where uh, the white ranger in, in like Abba Ranger, they're called, um, they're called like a Bari killer. And what they are is this like surgeon who's like evil the whole time and actually takes control of like the villainous group and like decimates the rangers. There's this point where I guess um, they just like one of their zords like, goes onto like his wrist and says can you show me how to be strong and like defects to his side which is cool as shit right <laughs> that is really cool oh, so much better lore in the super sentai series so much better lore like if you're gonna have like your your morpher have dinosaur faces that talk to you one of them better eventually like go somewhere as like a surprise and like change sides that's just the coolest way to do it no agreed but yeah um we got like a big fight scene. Uh, we barely actually see Tommy fight like on the ground, yeah. but he has like the Tiger Zord, the Tiger Zord being ridden by like the like the Red Dragon Warrior. Then like the cool like every Zord as like one on the Tiger Zord like combination, which that Mega Tiger Zord that looks so fucking cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I remember. I mean, I had all the toys, and it was so cool, like and so fun to like. When, when you could do these sort of like mix match sort of things. And they beat the monsters and they save the day. Um, they go to Book and Skull who have finally opened the the dumpster with a giant can opener, which is like a because that would work but like a chainsaw wouldn't. But Yeah, you know, it makes sense. And then they send Rita back to space, which just maybe like put her in a vault or something instead of into space because that's going to yeah. like come back to bite you, but yeah, and eventually she comes back and her, well, her brother shows up. That's not even getting to that. And, like, her dad shows up, too, later. And, like, but, yeah. her dad's the villain of Alien Rangers, which is, the, like, the secret half-season of Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, I remember those those few episodes. Uh, there's some oh. stuff like the Two Zords handshake at the end, too, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah, overall, like, it's it, it was a, a fun little revisit, but again... Th- kind of echoing what i said earlier like this i remember this being so much more epic yeah and like oh the white ranger shows up and like he's so powerful and so cool but like you said like you we barely see him fighting and then it seemed like they just kind of rushed to get to the zord and like imagine if the scene where they had the white cake with like green letters for welcome back tommy if that happened in the middle and you were like oh and then like like after that you got the reveal that like he was a white ranger like that would have been like a cool swerve too it also would have been yeah it would have been cool if he had like shown up and like was fighting alongside them and like we you know we don't know who it is probably like the voice would have given it away to older adults but as a kid you'd still be like who is that really cool guy and then yeah it wasn't until like closer to the end of everything that they reveal like it was actually him the entire time like build up the suspense a little bit yeah and um speaking who is that really cool guy um we also compared this to how it was done in Japan for Die Ranger and um, a little bit different. A little bit. <laughs> I learned some things. I thought you'd want to learn some of these things. Like this seemed very like a good fit for you as well. Like just like based on what I know about you. 
Yeah, this was a real like this. Uh, there's, I'm not super interested. I mean, I am interested in a way like when I have kids, you know, hey, watch Power Rangers. I'll catch episodes when I'm when you're around. But I'm really interested actually in watching a bunch of the old Super Sentai stuff because the more I've seen of it, kind of over the last couple of years, the more I'm like, this is insane and way more interesting, and I want to know more. It's been a really great moment for me. Like I started the show. Um, at the start of the new Kamen Rider or the Kamen Rider Zero One, which is the first show in the Reiwa era, and they kind of like like to separate things based off like the eras, which are based off who's the emperor, and um, so like that was that main goal. And since it started, um, all of a sudden for the first time, Kamen Rider music is available in the U.S. on Spotify and iTunes, and like there's like a YouTube channel that has a bunch of like Toku, like the new Ultraman premiered simultaneously um on youtube with subs for english-speaking like um people as well and like it's just like a really cool like moment to be like oh and like there's all these shows coming out like the um like you have like um shout factory was like doing it but now there's like Tubi and like their toku shoutsu thing so there's like a lot more like the first common writer show um is actually like uh, um in like um the first common writer show on like a streaming app is common writer kuka which is like really cool like that show is like 20 years old and it's like really foundational for like the modern era but like uh it's just like a really cool thing to see you know yeah i'm glad they're starting that like there's now enough interest and it's kind of weird to me that it took this long even with how far we are in we are to streaming and all that like that took this long for these shows to start showing up because i know geo rangers started showing up like a few years ago Mm -hmm. um but because this stuff is now like He's more easily available. I don't have to go on a weird website and, and download a file that I hope is not going to give me a a virus to be able to watch it. Like I'm way more inclined to go check it out. And uh, and for you know other people like other fans my age, you know I'm sure it's got to be really exciting to to have a place to easily get it. Yeah, and for a while, um, so our theme song for the show, Comrade Love Song, was like what I found as like a teenager when I like looked up common rider on itunes like it's a great song but also like it was the only song available and like there's like tons of music they make every year for these shows and um for like years the only stuff you could find like in the west was there was like um one movie from like 2007 that was like a reboot of the show from the 70s and like mm-hmm. one tv show that amazon co-produced that was like 13 episodes long so like to see like a mainline show get up there and like even like the like first seasons up there too now on Tubi and stuff it's just like really cool because like um Ultraman is actually doing like a big push because they had like a years long dispute on their on who owned them internationally because there was like some weird situation where somebody claimed they own the branding to Ultraman outside of Japan so they couldn't actually like expand but now mm-hmm. they have like a Marvel comic and like their anime so probably yeah. Ultraman is going to be big and like two years three years yeah and i and i want to say for people listening uh go check out the alex ross cover for the ultraman comic mm-hmm. uh it is awesome alex ross is an amazing artist to begin with but for some reason his ultraman cover art is just nails it it's so good i'm so excited for that i just want like i would love it if in like a year we see like a marvel studios but not in the mcu movie like about ultraman or something like that would be cool as hell yeah, that'd be cool. I I could see them doing like I don't know, probably like maybe a cartoon or something too. Uh especially with, like Disney Plus around. Oh, at Disney Plus Ultraman, there's like so many cool like plush versions of like popular monsters and stuff. Like they could like 
to that no problem like no problem at all yeah but yeah um this episode we see a thundery knight and a sword and stone and we're like who's the new warrior and we see this um this like mentor figure like meditating and talking with his dead master and it's like all epic and everything Mm -hmm. yeah super interesting setup uh and then we see like it being called out to this kid which like this season was like known for being a very competent team that got shit done so like it was like made sense for them to bring in like a character who wasn't like that and like that happens like even like a few years later um there's like another team in like geki ranger that um they are all like super dedicated martial artists and then they bring in kind of like a lazy dude who like shakes up like their core balance of like character i i like that they do that i think that's interesting because typically uh from you know the the seasons that i've seen in power rangers it's always everybody is pretty like competent and strong-willed right off the bat and you don't see a lot of like even the uh the one time that they had a kid who became a power ranger didn't you know he he even like was like really strong-willed and very determined and wasn't as like goofy as the kid that we saw in this and co like after we see him in bed like answering to be like called out to he's just shitty <laughs> he just like steals like from people on the street and then like we see him like steal from the pink ranger like rin and like the first moment like he sees her like i just wrote down like damn she got feet and hair because like it's like the shot of her like walking and like close up on her feet then close up on her like turning her head as like her hair flows behind her yeah and then like he steals her purse and her house key to break into her house but not before like groping her which is real shitty yeah this we got a weird pervy kid the becoming which as an adult it's fine but if i was a kid and i learned this how it was like i may have been a little bit devastated he was like meant to be like a scamp which i wouldn't play nowadays at all no not not in the way that they portray him definitely i want to know what your reaction was to seeing that a big part of these like two episodes like it expands out to the whole five episode arc of like him getting like his ord and like the combination stuff like we'll just focus on these two but how part of this was like the villains like having new management and like that more like bureaucratic beef as well between them uh yeah that was that was interesting (laughs) that was like yeah it was funny that it was it was way less like the stakes of the universe and just like we're under new management now uh and also like the there's the the villain kid yeah that was who like it's just it's so funny to have this like little kid being this like super powerful villain he's like riding around in like a a buggy yeah uh, with like the the uh what like those things you get at parties that you like blow on a blower a popper i'm not sure but yeah yeah i thought that was pretty amusing and like he's wearing like this cool outfit that's like all buttons yeah (laughs) it's like buttons here's the different badges he got at evil uh boy scouts i guess and like he's just like um has his bow and arrow that he shoots as well and he has like these three like ladies of terror that like he'll do his bidding yeah the a big conflict is that like the senate of evil put him in charge of the three bad guys in leather that the rangers have been fighting till now yeah and the villain design i will say this is one place that uh that power rangers knocked it out of the park because I mean the the three creepy ladies in like their human forms. That's like that's pretty cool. They're they're pretty interesting, pretty neat. But like the bad guys in leather, like one of them has like a skull cap and has like yeah. a metal ring around one eye for <laughs> no reason. 
whatsoever. Uh, honestly, I do love how Sentai just has these like weird human villains, like less nowadays because they want to be like more friendly and more colorful and like more toyetic. But um, it's just like cool how they were just like, well, the Rangers are just people in suits, so they can just fight people with powers. Like that's fine. Like versus nowadays, like they have their own like suit. But well, yeah, and I imagine I imagine these were not made with the greatest budgets uh available so it was like we can't really afford to have these expensive costumes that we could like tear and and break and stuff so yeah three people in leather sure the first time that the rangers are fighting um the blue and and, like pink ranger chase co to like a a like temple and then like they get like attacked and um the whole scene changes to like a red sky like very like martial arts or like samurai movie like background for no reason and then like it's something they can see i guess because it gets shot out of the red sky with an arrow (laughs) too yeah that was super out of nowhere and like they're now in like a graveyard and it's not really expanded on here but the kid villain is like the son of the villain that was like already there that got abandoned by him like when he was born (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, somebody mentioned some line of, like, your son is here to pay you a visit. It's like, I, okay, that's cool that evil runs in the family, I guess. But also very obviously, like, that Ko and him are brothers because they're both two 10-year-old characters that got introduced at the same time. <laughs> at the exact same time, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit obvious. And, like, it's like, oh, like, here's this mark from your mother. And, like, one person's like, I never met my mother. Oh, I never met my dad. What could, What are the chances? <laughs> Yeah, what what could that possibly mean? It's like um that thing, I forget who said it. It might have been Wes Craven who was like um if you meet somebody in a horror movie and you don't spend much time with them, they're the killer. Yeah, that that tends to be true. Yeah, it's a little bit of Chekhov siblings a little bit. Uh and I'm just looking at that that kid with all the buttons on. He has a giant button in his hair too. Yeah. I do not I do not get the button motif at all. It's fun, but it makes no sense. Um, and towards the end, we see Ko finally draws the sword, and he transforms, and he gets, like, th- the sword was the one talking to him. He gets, like, blown up with muscles and height, and he just, like, starts to have fun with the powers. Like, he does, like, seven flips, and he, like, runs up, like, a tree and down and stuff, and he's just, like... yeah. He's running around the forest, just like doing flips and cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's what a little kid would do. I would have loved if that footage had just been included in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Zero context. Tommy's just like, I'm a ranger again and starts doing like flips and stuff. And it kind of is like there's some stuff that you see that didn't make sense for like Tommy being somebody who was like, oh, like I'm like a veteran who's like had powers and like I like had like this like cool gritty experience of every time i transformed i was in massive pain as my powers got drained and now i'm just like like i need help and i'm acting like a kid yeah make sense yeah that now that you mentioned it like i'm sure if i go back and watch it i'd see points where it's like well that's very obviously like him you know him being a lot goofier because lo and behold as i have now learned he was a kid in the original form in the start of the next episode though we see footage i really wish they'd used in power rangers of ko just going to the park and transforming and skateboarding and like playing baseball and like assaulting more people. Yeah. Again, like they, they did a kid ranger later and he was like pretty much just a boring adult in this. Like I love Ko, like cause he's, cause he has uh what what's uh Biaku 
yep. which is the the sword and he like muffles him but not before he like does skateboarding on top of like a truck he like makes the wind make some girls just like um oh look their skirts fly up like he like throws like um like a baseball at somebody and knocks them down and then like he gets like knocked out of his like transformation then like he like gags and yeah it's just what would a like 10 year old kid do and it would probably be be an asshole and yeah and it and it was it was entertaining like it was something that made me like kind of shake my head and be like well that's that's ridiculous but of course like if i was a little kid and i could turn into an adult with superpowers it's it's kind of like the shazam thing uh when you know like that movie i think and like the character in general written well i think gets it right where it's like billy bastion like yeah he's still a superhero still gonna like save the day but he's also still a 10 year old and he's gonna be goofy and weird and later we see him like very clearly being like hey i'm scared of fighting like i don't want to fight and like it takes like some time for him to actually like be brave and like go out there because he like didn't want this he just was chosen for this yeah no when you're when if you're like a little kid confronted with this like huge responsibility like yeah that's gonna be a bit scary and i i appreciate kind of that little bit of uh of character development yeah and like one more piece of wish fulfillment i guess for like like this kind of feels like the movie like blank check almost where it's like oh cool like i have superpowers i can do anything i want but um there's this moment where he's just like moved into Rin's apartment because he got a copy of the key made and he's like <laughs> his adopted parents is like, oh, yeah, like, we're glad you're taking care of him now. Bye. Yeah. So, so nice that you that someone else is taking responsibility for story reasons. And he like goes into her ceiling where he has a special like attic room where he just has like a hammock and like a bunch of like boxes of like fruit and comic books and he's just like hanging out with his magical sword i'm like this is a very like what would a kid want to do yeah like, live in the ceiling yeah having a sword they somehow got it right like yeah a kid would have a weird little space uh i would like to live in a ceiling with a magical sword you know while we're on the subject yeah me too <laughs> uh and like it's just like they let this kid do so much cool stuff and and then like um he in the fight later like when he's losing like the sword just helps him win too. It's just like, okay, like he's get like, he's getting like the full, like magical destiny, but like the fun version, like treatment. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, man, just the, even when I, when I started off on this, I was like, okay, this is a lot weirder and a lot goofier than I was expecting. But as it went on, especially in that second episode, I was like getting into it a bit. I was like, this is getting pretty cool. Well, the team was very serious because they were all like competent martial artists that like, knew their role in like fighting like this evil senate yeah this was kind of like a lot more of the levity they brought in like compared to other stuff so it makes sense but yeah i like love too how part of the episode is just like them lying about his mom coming back so he has to like go to a train station and they like bring his stuff back to the people who adopted him yeah just the 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 leaps in logic they have to make at certain times you just kind of have to go with it Another thing that wouldn't fly now is the like three ladies are looking for 10 year olds that have like a like brand on their arms. There's like a bunch of like kids running through like the streets and just their underwear like, ah, there's a monster. There's monsters. Yes, that was so weird. She branded him for some reason, which if you get branded by your mom when another person your age shows up and you don't know who your dad is and that person doesn't know who their mom is, you're probably a redneck or 
siblings. Right. One of the they two. also have the brand. Uh, one one thing I was kind of surprised about is that uh, every every Power Rangers episode followed a, the very similar formula of okay, the putties attack, we fight them out of the suits, and then uh, the monster gets introduced, so we fight them in the suit, and for whatever reason, the monster goes away, and we like you know we go away at the same the Power Rangers go away, and then later like they come back, have the final confrontation. And it always turns into the monster turning big mm-hmm. and the rangers calling the zords. And in these two episodes, I don't know what their robot companions are called in this, but they didn't show up at all, which to me, like, expecting kind of this formula, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, because it's like a whole, like all the footage they used for those like two episodes were taken from these five. So like it's like 17 through 22, like which... um and at the end, you have like the Megatigers or like whatever it's called there. But like, yeah. Um, and like in this version, they're like mystical chibis that are like based off like the four winds of like magic or whatever, or like martial arts. And like, it's like mm-hmm. all like cool mysticism and stuff. I just like love how he fights too, where he's like, can't do it because like his opponent has boobs. So he's like, oh no, like I can't do this. Then like the sword helps. And then he is like, oh, you have massive ears. So I'm going to make a like, weird like glam metal band show up and like hurt you yeah i it, yeah i think it's uh echo band is what they called that was so just what happened there why was there suddenly a band yeah there's so much weird style here like and there's like ways that make more sense like when the pink ranger is like in a fight and they show the graphic like um the pink ranger versus like the three ladies and stuff and it's like oh there's so much like style here and it's like not over rod or like homogenized, just like it's weird mm. in a really cool way. Yeah. And and also uh one thing that that I thought was interesting and surprising is when after the the they he fights the the three ladies and they go back to uh the the bad little kid, like she's beat up in bloody. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, that is not something I would expect. Like you never would have seen that uh in Power Rangers, like somebody with blood on their face. Yeah, and I like how um, this is like a recurring plot and it's going to like take them time. I guess there's like one whole episode about um, them going out and like trying to like reanimate like the mystical tiger or like whatever. So it's just like there's just like lots of like time taken here and like compared to it just being a moment in Power Rangers. Yeah, no, it's it, uh, there's a lot of setup and development uh, that I thought was really interesting and and does make me curious to to see a little bit more because i am curious now how you know this team over time develops and, and grows and like it it's it seems very, like you opened kind of a door for me with all of this where it's like well how far am i gonna go down how much time am i gonna devote to this because now i'm super interested they do have some of the best seasons they have um Jetman, which is the season before power rangers like was like adapted like it's like the one right before that's like a favorite this season people love the season after cocker ranger which is where they get the ninja powers of power rangers is really good and there's like um like people love time ranger which is time force so there's lots of like they've got like 12 series like just available which is so wild to me like because like for so long there was nothing you know yeah that is weird that like now there suddenly is like a bunch of them after for years it was like impossible to get them without having to go through back alleys yeah, there's like a 50, 60 year history of like there being two or three of these shows every year that 
is just being tapped into because of I think like the streaming wars because like let's be real like that's a good like what like 600 shows a good like 30,000 hours of content that like they can just like dip into now like, even if like it only uh, it yeah. only like appeals like some people you know yeah uh and now and one thing that i had someone send to me that i uh so i'll just mention real quick is uh akibara rangers which i haven't finished yet i've only seen a little bit of okay but that's that's been pretty fun from what i've seen in that yeah that's an official parody of like super sentai um and they're like the unofficial team but uh that gets weird because that has like two seasons and the first season is like uh fun meta but the second season goes like a step further because you have stuff like um the powerful rangers which are like yes yeah like a parody of like american and just, uh and there's like a pretty big uh joke for die ranger there where like accidentally like the akibara rangers uh get um get made an official ranger but it makes the die rangers unofficial and suddenly they're mascots for like a chinese food restaurant <laughs> it's oh i haven't gotten that far yet that's pretty good that's probably like the show for like somebody that like might want to like just see what like the weird part of that dies about because that show is just very yeah yeah it's it's actually it from the bit of it i've seen it's taught me uh quite a bit about um about super sentai and kind of like the different tropes that show up from time to time um so now like having a little bit more of a knowledge of that and having seen this it's like all right maybe i'm prepared now to finally dip my toes into into super sentai officially no and that like weird stuff in the 90s and 80s it's just so raw in interesting ways and like filmed in like weird styles it's great yeah it's it's super interesting because you can tell there's a, a good chunk of this that is them working with what they have you know they don't they like there's times where you can see the wires on people where things are just like a little bit obvious but that's also again the charm of it because i think a thing that makes something like this work is when the actors are invested uh if the actors are winking at the camera the entire time then like uh okay yeah it's 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 whatever but when they take it at least seriously enough that it sells their characters even when it's cheesy and a little ridiculous you can get into it and i think part of that too is just um this is like a cultural institution something that matters it's something that like yeah it's like for kids or it's like dumb or cheesy but it also is like a place that like is like oh this is something on like your resume because you were like a young actor like it's like where like a lot of like um a lot of major actors in like japan like have done some toku work and like a lot of the like main characters from like common rider for example um they like go on to be like very big stars like i mm-hmm. there's like three or four of them like that have like um been like the biggest star in the country like in the past like 10 years you know yeah and that's cool i like that there is a a respect to it that it's not just like oh you did a kid's show yeah and they like like, have the budget yeah it's recognized that like you're part of this thing that is part of our cultural heritage and it's i i know there are some different ways in which that's been honored over the years and i think that's really cool one thing i want to do more work on um that we've like only hit on like a little bit is uh that um there's different places that just have like different cultural relationships to toku like uh we had like an episode um impact of toku in hawaii and like that was like a whole thing about like oh like this show from like 1973 had a major resurgence in like 2001 is like a major cultural touchstone just in hawaii and that's like cool as hell that's really cool and also like super random yeah and just like it's um like what you like don't worry if it's dumb like 
I always mix up if it's like Lewis Carroll or like C.S. Lewis that says this, but like they have this one quote about um, when I was a like child, like I liked fairy stories. When I like grew up, I like stopped reading fairy stories. And then when I like grew older, like I started to read like fairy stories again. Screw it. Have fun. Like, don't worry about like how lame something like that you like is. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, even even in doing this, hit me one more time where we come, we'll come at the end, we'll be like, well, this isn't good, but we can still recognize like, but it was fun. You know, there's stuff stuff that we enjoyed about it. Like we, we did the Batman 1989 episode. And, and when we kind of came through that, we were like, you know what? This movie really isn't very good compared to like what came later for the character. But it's like th- we were still having a blast just talking about it and and uh, you know watching it and like even yeah. rolling my eyes you kind of have a smile on your face the whole time so when it comes to stuff like this too it's like yeah it's cheesy and it's weird but if you're having a good time with it you know who cares and speaking of which um rest in peace to joel schumacher oh yeah yeah and also they're bringing back michael keaton as batman yeah that's that i'll be curious because right now that's still just like quote unquote in talks so who knows what that actually means but uh if that actually happens it's it's gonna be weird, and I'm kind of here for it. They need to do Batman Beyond, but have it like just they need to do it, and they do not need to cast a white dude as Batman like there. Like they can like have somebody else as Terry. You know how happy people would be? They'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like that is their way to get kind of the heat that a character like Miles Morales has. If they just say, "Hey, here's this character that like people love and have wanted to see forever," and we've also like change the casting of it reflect times yeah and you can you can still make it you can still make it that he's bruce wayne's son way down the road for whatever reason uh but it can still yeah he can still be a a person of mixed race heritage and that's rad let's do it to connect batman back to toku um the batman live action series from the 60s was supposed to cross over with godzilla Uh, what and the idea for batgirl was first seen in documents for a script for a Godzilla versus Batman movie. That's insane. These are, you are saying crazy things. So like before the character came out on the show, for example, Batgirl was supposed to premiere in the, in like the Adam West versus Godzilla movie. I don't know if I want that or if it should never see the light of day. Like it never got made, but I want to like know more about that. That's just so bizarre as a cultural artifact. Yeah, Godzilla is something not to like go too deep on that, but Godzilla has always been something super interesting because I think there there was this weird idea within the last couple of decades that Godzilla's are these big budget action movies when really it's like a lot of them are pretty slow people talking about the dangers of uh you know nuclear bombs and nuclear testing. Yeah. And then a couple of monsters fight for a few minutes at the end. Um it's very difficult and it hasn't been done. But to make uh, a non-Japanese-led Godzilla movie that's like good, it's very difficult yeah. and hasn't been done. Yeah. To add more to that, like weird cross-pollination, like everyone knows the um, Spider-Man in Japan and how like he was the first Toku show to have like a giant robot and stuff. But um, yes. Oh, Japanese Spider-Man is so. If anybody listening to this for some reason knows about all of this stuff but has never seen Japanese Spider-Man, go find japanese spider-man it's so cool weird well that was only one of the two shows that was done as a crossover between like toei japan and like stan lee the second one was actually um the first i want to say the first or the second super sentai series um 
huh. was actually um like internationally themed. Hmm. So like um one of the characters was um Miss America, who was <laughs> meant to be like based off of like um Captain America and was designed to be potentially in Marvel Comics. Sure. And it's the third Super Sentai series, I guess. It's like, oh, it's like Battle Japan, like Battle Kosek, like Battle France, Battle Kenya, and Miss America. Hey, makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, that is a like weird cultural like, heritage. I wish like more had come of it, but just so weird. But no, um, <laughs> we could talk about this for so long and for like so many angles. Let's actually like um, wrap up before we do that. And David, uh, thank you so much for coming on and where can people find you? Well, thank you so much for having me. People can find me uh, on the internet under the username DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you will find information on the other podcasts I do. Hit me one more time and Brokebot Mountain. Or not Brokebot Mountain, that one's currently on hiatus. Uh, uh, movie Go Round. All right, and I'll be sure um, when we eventually do do Spider-Man to hit you up as well, because that'll be like a, a like great episode. Oh, please. Yeah, that, I would love that. And you can find uh, me on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Common Ride With Me, CommonRideWithMe.com. Um, and send in emails to podcast at CommonRideWithMe.com. We are still looking for uh, some more reviews. Uh, and I think we need four more five-star reviews to reach our our next bonus episode, uh, which um, we do have some options, like uh, the Japanese dub of like King of the Hill is one that like we might oh, do and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. It, that's a real trip that's just like to see like um how they do characters like Boomhauer and stuff but like in japanese oh yeah that is i hadn't even thought about that <laughs> but no um we always end this show by just like saying um a crime people could do and i'm gonna say uh i'm not gonna advocate for sexual assault so i'm so i'm just gonna say um skateboard and watch power rangers Oh, am I supposed to do one as well? Uh, if you want, but like you don't have to. No, I'll uh, dress up in a White Ranger costume and go play baseball. There you go. Bye, everyone.